Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Miss Reason Show at W646 Queen City Bullies Radio with your host, Miss Reason and Just Jay. This is Queen City Bullies Team Michigan. We are sounding off. tired, but I'm good. Yeah, well, um, well, it looks like we are waiting for our guest to call in, the CEO for SDM Investments, Ms. Sharon D. Mallory. Um, I guess we'll give her a minute or two before we decide to go ahead and close. Okay, well, close I mean, I hope that she does, hope that she does call in. I was looking forward to, um, you know, speaking with her, you know, a lot of a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to, to even ask financial, you know, someone someone who knows professionally, you know, financial stability and all of that. And um, right. you know, had I known that we were gonna have, you know, like had I thought about the people we were gonna have on the show, we could have promoted it as total health. And I was saying that last night, you know, because yesterday we had the mental health and stability, you know, mental and emotional with Melissa. And today we got financial with her, and tomorrow we got physical with Jet. We, you know, we could have promoted it differently, but I sure hope Sharon calls in. Right. Um, and I am actually having technical difficulties right now. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. It is not, it's an interesting day, and this is. Looking like it's been an interesting right. Um, my computer just shut down on me. Oh goodness! So um, I am waiting for my other computer to log on, so I can see what is going on because I can't see right now. Oh goodness! Yeah, it's I been mean, a long day. It's been a very it's long, been a long day. day. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, hopefully things smooth out in the next few seconds. <clears throat> yeah, I am. Um... I think that you know, you know, hopefully she does call in because I think that you know I was looking forward to a lot. A lot of us had to wait to become adults to just to learn budgeting, much less you know stocks and bonds and investments and things and you know I was looking forward to some of the the questions that she could possibly answer for you know not just us but for the guests you know right hopefully y'all decide to ask some questions today but we love y'all anyway <laughs> we do we love y'all anyway even if y'all don't ask questions this year this year listening we thank you for that but we would really we love it if you would press one ask a question have a comment 
be interactive with us. That's what we're looking for. Right. Uh, let me see. So you said it was raining over there? Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it, the weather is kind of decent, but, you know, coming from Florida, anything outside of beautifully sunny is bad weather to me. Hello. Hello, this is Sharon. Hi, Miss Sharon. Hi, Hi to the Miss Reason Show. I I think I'm on a different line, but uh, I am here. I've been listening to you talk, and I'm like, well, I'm here. Um, Oh, goodness. Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah, well, we had some technical difficulties. I couldn't see that you were here yet. Okay. And now I can see that you're now I see that you're here. Okay. okay. Oh, God. Now I, well, I'm how not you sure doing, lady? Right. Very good, very good. And I thank you all for having me on the Miss Reason show. And it sounded very interesting. Um, just listening to you all over a couple minutes and stuff. So you all have a pretty good lineup going going forward here. Mental health, physical health. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I'm, yesterday we, we had. Well, we didn't even promote it as as that, Miss Sharon. We just kind of lined people up, and mm-hmm. we just lined up people who we thought was you know was interesting, okay. and stuff that we wanted to to know about, and you know, ask questions to people we thought our guests would like. But it ended up being um, yesterday. She's like a motivational speaker. Her name is um, Melissa. Karvacek, Karvacek, Karvacek. Okay. Sorry, Melissa. Yeah, okay. But um, she, you know, she spoke about uh, emotional and mental stability and mm-hmm. how it affects you financially and, you mm-hmm. know, career-wise and, you know, just overall. And she right, gave some right. tips about that. And it was a really good show. And then, okay. um, uh-huh. you know, we have you here and we were really excited to, you know, ask some financial questions and, you know, <clears throat> basically, like I was telling her, you know, earlier, not a lot of us get the opportunity to ask a professional. You know, mm-hmm. we're just kind of making our way as adults, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, well, I hope I definitely can share some information so we don't have to uh, kind of wade in the water so long. Right. And so if we, mm-hmm. can, if we can figure out how to get to the other side, then perhaps maybe we can navigate a little bit better on some dry land. So, and, and that's that's really what Drama Dollars and Dreams is all about. Um, it's it's a diva's guide to financial management, and it just really helps uh, young ladies uh, across the age spectrum really try to figure out what they need to be doing and how to actually execute on those. And I think that's what makes uh, Dollar Dramas and Dreams a little bit different from uh, a lot of the other financial books out there. Uh, It's a very quick, easy read. And I like to tell individuals the way to manage money, and I don't care how much you make or how little you make, the way to manage money does not change. People change. And so our attitudes change, our behaviors change. You know, we may start off making one one amount of money, and then when we start making a little bit more, our ideas, our desires, our needs, our wants begin to change, and we sometimes let the fundamental things we need to, to do that Grandmama and them told us a long time ago 
saved for a rainy day, and somehow mm-hmm. we, we tossed that out the window. So Drama Dollars and Dreams is really designed to be somewhat kind of like um, a workbook that you can say, okay, I'm age 20. I need to be doing this, this, and this, and this. Okay, if I have this issue, let me fill out this sheet and kind of, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So, um Okay. And it's oh, a, so it's, it's really interactive. That's cool. Yeah. That's it's, cool. Um, you know, a lot of how-to things, they just tell you things that don't really, you know, I, I think that it's probably catchier that way. You, you know, you get a better understanding when you're putting yourself into the actual writing of the books. That's that's cool. I like that. Right, right. And so we, we kind of start the book off really talking about some scenarios, scenarios that perhaps maybe a lot of your listening audience um, face, and they kind of run up again against every day. And as women, uh, we have very unique issues, uh, primarily Mm -hmm. because of our maternalistic instinct, um, and we're givers by nature. And because of that, sometimes we will jeopardize our own quality of life um, because we sacrifice and we give so much of ourselves and our dollars that uh, we we don't really understand that we're basically sacrificing the quality of life that we should have down the road. And so we, we explore some of those things in there. Um, and we start off talking about scenarios, you know, mothers and their sons, you know, uh, sisters and their family members, you know, uh, relationship type things, me and my guy. And, you know, a lot of people can relate to some of those um, scenarios, and I think that kind of breaks the ice because uh, you're not alone out there. And, you know, a lot of the things that relate to money and what we do with money and how we do with it, uh, it's all intertwined. And uh, guess what? We're not the first ones and we're not the only ones. It's just whether or not Uh we can acknowledge the ills of our ways and we can correct um, the wrongdoing so that we can prepare ourselves to have a better quality of life. Okay. So okay. you said you spoke a little bit, um, you said that you touch on, you know, how our relationship, the choices that we make and, you know, like not just uh, like, you know, romantic relationships, but also with family members. And I think right. that's, that's a lot of, you know, we, we give ourselves obligations to people that we don't necessarily need, you know, like that are not really our burdens to carry. Mm-hmm. And that does, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, maternalistically in our minds, we're we're supposed to help those we love. Right. And a lot of times, it, it it ends up with us needing help. And I had I used to have that problem so severely, to the point where, you know, if I called my mom for help, she just assumed that I needed help because I was helping other people. Okay. Okay. And and uh, you know, once again, a female to female relationship as it relates to dollars. You know, sometimes women will will raise their sons or raise their daughters, I think is the old saying, and, um, um, you know, just kind of, kind of help along and assist in or enable their sons, uh-huh. you know, they right. raise their daughters. And so, you know, the sheer fact that your mother can think that, hey, if my daughter has to pick up the phone and call me, it's probably because she's overextended helping someone else. And that's that maternalistic instinct that happens 
um, sometimes even unconsciously and unknowing, it's not till we hit a true financial crisis do we understand that we have overextended ourselves, not because it was something that had a direct impact on us financially, but because we were very empathetic or very passionate about the impact it would have on someone else that they may have been causing the issue all along and they continue to cause the issue, but they have what what I call the parachute. You know, they always have somebody to land softly upon. And that could be a mother, Mm -hmm. that could be a sister, that could be an aunt. But uh, if they know what door to knock on, then a lot of times individuals will continue to knock on that door um, because it's an easy parachute. Absolutely. I know so, plenty of people like that mm-hmm. that do that. So, they have the parachute. Mm-hmm. So we we really talk about the drama and how to identify it in the book. And you know, like I said, you know, three very short scenarios, which I think a lot of individuals can relate to. Um, but you have to acknowledge that either there's a pattern that 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 you've seen, you're experiencing. Um, there's a certain behavior that comes up, ooh, I get paid and every paycheck, uh, I think the first thing I should do is go out and buy me, you know, the $200 pair of shoes or, you know, the name brand this or the name brand that. And, you know, that's a that's a, what we call a negative financial pattern is that your reward on payday is the expenditure of your cash. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. and, you know, we can all be guilty of that at some level, on on some occasion, you know, we get paid. We want to go out to to eat today because I work hard for my money, or I'm going to go overindulge and spend, or uh, I feel like I want to be uh, the big girl on the block, and I'm gonna treat everybody out, you know, because I got paid today. And sometimes unconsciously we do those things uh, in their their behaviors that we we um, unknowingly embrace, and we go down the road, and then we look back 20 years later and we become disenchanted because we're not where we think we should be in life or where we want to be in life. Um, we haven't saved as much um, because we, we fail to acknowledge what we should have been doing with our money and what we could have been doing with our money to to create more wealth and, and things of that nature. So, you know, the first phase of the book really just talks about drama and, and you know, how to identify it and, you know, what you possibly can do to to um, to get that. Um, it's a nice little self-assessment in the book. Um, and the more of those boxes you check off, the more help you may say that, hey, I, I think I better go get a checkup. I need a financial checkup to kind of see, you know, what's really going on with this. And it's not just because um, I don't make enough money or uh, something of that nature. It's truly because of what I'm doing with my money. And I, I'm very known to, to tell individuals it's not how much you make, it's what you do with what you make. And so sometimes we right. use the lack of to really – become an excuse on, you know, bad behaviors once again. Mhm. So okay, so what I know finances Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say you all sound very solemn and I know sometimes when we talk about money it can be a little bit of intimidated but uh 
it's all the lighter we can keep it the the more impact i think it'll have and um Mm -hmm. you know it's something we've got to to begin to embrace and not be um you know we just got to put it on the table put it out there Right. Well, you know, I, I don't agree. feel you know I don't feel solemn about it. We just had some pretty long days, Sharon. Oh, it's okay. been really, really long day today for both of us. You know, speaking okay. about financial, you know, I started a new job and uh, oh, they didn't congrats, pay me today. Congrats. No, 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 they didn't pay me. So, ah, was, okay. yeah, I'm still waiting to see if it's worth congratulating about. So, okay. okay. Yeah, you know, I've been there for about three weeks, and it's just. You know, I, I really would rather be doing, uh, I own a publishing company and mm-hmm. I write books. I have, um, I guess eight, is it eight now? Eight books yeah, on eight. Amazon. And okay. um, I really don't invest enough of myself to promoting or branding myself. Okay. And I complain about it all the time, but I actually don't really do it. And then, you know, when I do have the money to do it, I kind of was like I had I had some authors fall into my lap because I I co um I was COO of a company, a publishing company, and I wanted to walk away alone, and I ended up taking some some authors with me, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she pushed them with me basically. Okay. And okay. you know when I do get the money, I I put it into them because I feel responsible for, you know them basically. And not myself. And, you know, like the more, like the, the it, just not being paid today just stressed me out so bad that I just feel mentally ex- exhausted because I don't even want to be working. I don't want to do a job. I'd rather be writing and promoting, and I was happier doing that. Well, if there's a, a mechanism to sustain your quality of life, then that's probably what you should be expending your time on. If you have an ancillary support system, you know, I would I would strongly recommend begin that that communication process to say, you know, I need to embark upon investing in myself, and I use that term uh, uh, very strongly, investing in myself to market and brand what it is that I love and I do, and I need your support, i.e., financial support, knowing that you know I may not be bringing in income over the next six to 12 months or so, you know, is that something that we can sustain together, you know, that, that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it could be on various different levels. It could be a parent. It could be a significant other. It could be a husband, you know. Um, it could be somebody who's extremely supportive of you, a, a friend who says, right. well, you know, let's, let's make this happen. And if um, I think specifically – uh, as African American individuals, I think those type of conversations need to begin like right now because I think we miss out on uh, the prime of our lives and and not pursuing our passions because we're always caught up in the struggle of of, of what we call uh, uh, financial indebtedness. And that that means a job that I do because it keeps the lights on, food on the table, but it's also oppressing me from the freedom that could possibly create exactly. more wealth. You know, and that's so, how uh-huh. I. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, exactly and so you know the the conversation just needs to begin, and then from there, um, depending upon uh, how it goes, and sometimes you have to, uh, as I say, downsize to pursue your dream. 
And a right. lot of people don't like to do that, but sometimes it's a it's a reality. If I have to downsize, how how much can I downsize and still be able to function enough to really dive myself into my passion? Uh-huh. Well, um, I had a question. Sure. Um, I, I I read a little bit up on you, and I said I see you have a couple of firms. Like, what services do you actually offer? Like, are you like financial coaching? Yeah. Well, um, well, actually, I'm a financial planner. And what's the difference between a financial planner? We we actually call well, not in my firm, we call ourselves wealth managers, um, but I, it's synonymous with financial planner and uh, a financial coach. Um, the large majority of financial coaches out there today are not, they don't have the ability to execute. What do I mean execute? They may tell you that you need to save uh, X number of dollars, but then it becomes save X number of dollars in what, okay? And so as a wealth manager, a financial planner, um, when I am coaching individuals, for lack of a better word, uh, I am saying that this vehicle whether it's stocks, bonds, uh, mutual funds, ETFs, or some other type of financial vehicle, I'm saying that this vehicle, this investment vehicle, will match the goal that you're trying to achieve. And it becomes my responsibility as a wealth manager to oversee those investment vehicles to ensure that they are getting you to where you, you want to be. So a financial coach typically does not have the ability to execute, and that means they they aren't licensed professionals. So if I had to give you uh, um, a good scenario, uh, Susie Orman could be considered a financial coach, but she does not anymore have the ability to execute. So she can give you advice, but she can't take that advice and actually execute it for you. Okay. Okay. You, you, you'd, okay. You'd have to go to someone else. Um, Susie Orman's uh, expertise. Can tell you who to go to, right? Yeah, yeah. Her expertise is, is, you know, selling her books and selling her CDs and tapes and things of that nature. But when it comes to uh-huh. executing mm-hmm. those things, um, she cannot do that for you. And so, um, in my firm, uh, SDM Investments. Uh, we are a full-service financial firm, so we provide all kind of investment advice, um, business strategies for some, uh, helping businesses make sure that they're financially solvent, uh, they're setting up the right investment vehicles for their, their firms. Um, we help individuals establish their financial goals and work towards those goals, uh, help them eliminate debt if they have debt. Um, we work with a lot of students who have astronomical amount of student loan debt. Um, we help them structure that so that they understand uh, the payment cycle of it and how to prioritize um, things and, and making sure that they get paid down as efficiently as possible. So as a financial planner, it's it's a full spectrum. It's a full spectrum that we, we actually do at SDM Investments and um, – I'm not sure where you went, but if you you saw my pyramid of success anywhere, it talks about uh, having each step in life in place, and we help individuals execute on each level, first level being protection. If there are some insurance needs, 
uh, out there, we ensure that you have the right type and the right amount. Once that's achieved, then we can move to the next step, which is, you know, emergency reserves, uh, monies that you put away for that rainy day. We make sure that those dollars are sitting in the right type of investment vehicle. A lot of times people save um, in instruments that are not necessarily appropriate. Uh, I always tell individuals, when you go down to your local bank and you think the CD is the best thing going, the real question is, have you gotten everything else in place because you just told the bank that they can tie your money up for 12 months, 6 months, 18 months, and sometimes even longer. So we make sure people understand the type of investment vehicles they're going into, especially based upon the need. If I have a a short-term need, then, you know, from an investment standpoint, I need to make sure that it's liquid and available to me, but I also want my money to be working just as hard as I am. I I, I don't want to be... I don't want to pay somebody and my money's not working for me. And so, you know, there are five levels of success um, Uh that usually I talk about and I show individuals. And, you know, it's just like a house. If you build a house on a rocky or shabby foundation, what's going to happen to it? It's going to crumble. You know, it won't be able to withstand a storm. Exactly. And the same thing, the same thing happens financially. Um, I try to tell people my motto is slow and steady. Um, Rome wasn't created in a day and you aren't going to create a sound financial portfolio in a day, but you need to be very strategic and understand how things fit into your life today, as well as 10, 15, 20 years down the line. And like I said, that first level is one that I think in in African-American communities is uh, under oversold and undervalued um, because we have just become so shell-shocked with it. And that's just protecting protecting that, that which we love. And uh, sometimes we don't understand what the right type and the right amount is and what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. And um, we get so uh, a bad bag of beans and uh, we become very disgruntled. But, you know, all of that to say, when you look at the the five levels of success, um, you know, retirement is the pinnacle. And young people, um, African Americans in particular, have to understand Uh a little of something today is better than nothing down the road. A little something today is better than nothing down the road. So, um, you know. That, young, that, people that, are usually, young people don't usually look to retirement. When you're young, you're not thinking about retirement, so they don't mm-hmm. they have that they don't have that in their sights. If you mm-hmm. haven't been raised to think about you know your retirement or your future that far, they don't even consider a retirement. So they're not looking for a financial planner or even considering the benefits of having a financial planner, especially if, like mm-hmm. in African African um, African American community. I know. My family, we never had a, um, a financial planner. My mother kind mm-hmm. of was like the financial planner. And she okay. talked to me about retirement and Social Security and all those different things. And I kind of passed that on to my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. She has, like, she's 22. She has a 401K. She's um, investing some of her money. She's doing really mm-hmm. good for herself to be 22. I'm very proud of her. And I think okay. with we, we need more African-American families to invest in financial planning or at least get some type of knowledge of a financial plan. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to yeah. help our children. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and you hit it on the nail, I think as African Americans, if we were more trusting uh, of the expertise that can be brought to the table, then I mm-hmm. think we would be so much further ahead because a financial planner, um, given the expertise, can bring so much to the table as it relates to uh, different avenues and different turns you may want to take along the way that would be advantageous and beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a wealth of knowledge um, that I think financial planners can bring uh, to the family mm-hmm. as a whole uh, to to make sure that they're re- reaching certain benchmarks. Um, and every everyone is different. Every every family is different. Every individual is different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned, your daughter. Um, you know, at 20 and she has her 401k, the real question is, what is she investing her 401k in at 20? You know, is the strategy that I should be all out there on a limb or is the strategy uh, I'm in my accumulation phase and based upon what they're offering me, I need to be in this, this, and this fund. And if I can average, let's say, 6% on these dollars, then you know, by the time I'm 25, I should have this amount of money. By the time I'm 30, I should have X amount of dollars. And so that's uh, how we have to be geared because, you know, if our young people said today by the time I'm 40, I've been in the workforce 20, 25 years or so, uh, I should Mm -hmm. have a million dollars and we work towards that, then, you know, our communities will look very different as a whole, very different as a whole. Very different. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly is um, a client's risk tolerance? Um, I'm, I'm not sure what a risk tolerance is, and I wanted to ask you what a risk tolerance is. Okay, risk tolerance. That is, I'll give you a good example of risk tolerance. Miss um, Reason says, okay, Sharon, I'm going to come to you, and here's $1,000. Okay, risk tolerance mm-hmm. would be, I say to Miss Reason, Miss Reason, if you give me this $1,000, I invest it for you, and I lose every penny of it by the end of the week, how would that make you feel? What miserable. would Miss Reason say? <laughs> Pitiful. I would feel okay. miserable, yes. Okay, and so your risk tolerance would be whether or not you go out and you um, get your stick because you want to beat me over the head with it, meaning you really didn't have a tolerance to understand this type of investment vehicle, or mm-hmm. I say, Miss 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 Reason, uh, I'm going to put your $1,000 in this CD, okay? And Miss okay. Miss Reason tells me that uh, I want this $1,000 to double in a couple years. In a couple years, Miss Reason comes back, and she has $1,021. This reason is going to say, I could have kept my money in a shoebox and did better than that, or I could have done this and I could have done that. Um, but the mm-hmm. reality of it is, is, is Mrs. Reason didn't want to lose any of her money, so we could not invest it in something that could possibly yield her more, more growth. And that's, you know, just very common. So a risk tolerance is how much can you stomach your money okay, going losing. in one direction or another? You know, okay. can you 
can you stand to lose everything, or do you not want to lose a dime? Those are on okay. your two far ends of the spectrum, but that's what your risk tolerance is. I can stand to lose a little bit, but at the end of the day, I still want to come out ahead, or I don't want to lose one dime. So okay. those what what that tells a financial planner is is what may be some appropriate investment vehicles for you. Right. That, that's right. what the risk okay. tolerance is. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you um um you have different you say you have different levels of service, correct? So you work mm-hmm. with a multitude of different different um people. You don't right. just have a particular like Go company, you just work with companies or you work with individuals as well. Right, right, right. A portion of our firm uh give you an example. Uh you may have heard of what's called robo advising. Uh there's some some name brand ones out there that you see on television quite often. Uh, but we have uh what we call a robo platform for millennials. And really it's okay. kind of like an Ollie cart service, um, which allows you to have the perfect professional expertise and oversight of beginning to invest and manage your money but not with the full-scale fees that may be assessed because it's it's an automated type system. So a lot of times what it allows you to do is to get engaged in the financial planning process, and then you can mm-hmm. determine how much assistance or help you may want with certain things. And, and with us, you know, you get your initial consultations and everything free because we really try to encourage young people to begin in the investment process. Um, mm-hmm. It's automated, so it does a lot of your what we call allocation and rebalancing based upon that risk tolerance, and that's determined by answering a few questions, okay? okay. But I always tell individuals, you know, the, the questions we may ask, uh, five, six, seven, ten questions, by no means will give us a full a full picture of your risk tolerance, but it gives us mm-hmm. a good guide. Um, because some of the questions, if you answer them, it's it's a true indication that mm, we don't need to have you all the way over to the left because you say you want to make money, but, you know, your responses indicate otherwise. And so right. uh, we have, you know, our robo-platform for younger individuals where they can get engaged. And then we have uh, what we call uh, wealth management, and those are more one-to-one type situations where people may have very specific goals, very specific objectives, and they really just want to know uh, how they should be investing their money and what's the the reality of, of actually achieving those objectives. Um, we have the insurance services, which we call risk management uh, insurance services, and that's SDM insurances. And uh, as I mentioned, that's kind of like, you know, really getting an understanding of the right type and the right amount. You hear people all the time talk about term versus whole life, and there's only uh-huh. one uh, this, that, and the other. We kind of break that down. Our firm is very educationally oriented, so okay. I always tell a client, if you ever decide you wanted to walk away from us, we know and we feel very confident that 
whatever door you decide to walk into, you're going to go in a lot more educated, and in most instances, probably more educated than 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 the person you're sitting down with, because we just firmly believe that. You know, you may not be able to service everybody, but everybody that you service should understand Mm -hmm. what they're doing. And so, um, you know, we're very educationally oriented as it relates to that. So you understand the right type and the right amount, or you understand, you know, what an ETF is or what an income fund is or what a mutual fund is or why you need a bond or why you need growth. And we do, do that through a lot of you know, uh, uh, our website and and conference calls, webinars, and things of that nature uh, so that Mm -hmm. people can be engaged in and and things of that nature. You know, it's kind of like uh, we were exploring the, because we have, like the young millennials, these chat rooms and, you know, exploring the, the opportunity to do a chat room and, you know, educate people on certain things, uh, like your daughter, mm-hmm. 401K, you know, what does that really mean? Where did it come from? Right. You need to know that that's basically the IRS code that gives the the tax status of that particular investment vehicle. It's kind of like the historical type thing. If you don't understand the history behind it, the likelihood of understanding the vehicle itself is not very good, so we make sure mm-hmm. that people have a, 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 a pretty good understanding. Whether you choose to to retain that is up to you. But you know, can't nobody pull the wool over your wool over your eyes because you can say, "Well, that don't sound. I don't remember it quite that way. That doesn't sound right to me." And uh, that right. can throw flags up up there for you. So we we cover a full gamut um, of services. At the firm, and it just depends upon uh, how much you want to spend and what your objectives are and what it is you're trying to do. So um, we service each individual as an individual. So I can't say what we do for one, we will do for the other, because everybody's mm-hmm. needs are going to be just a little bit different there. Right, right. So I was going to ask you, how do you guys approach the millennials? How do you get them to come in and learn about financial planning? Because they seem to be millennials are so busy and, and kind of distracted. How do you get them to come in about the financial planning? Well, I know with our firm particularly, and this is SDM Investments, uh, we do blast mm-hmm. text. Uh, we may do uh, a, a particular word blast, you know, and it's just okay. something quick or uh, we may do uh, a robocall, and we've all heard of those during election time, and mm-hmm. it just may be uh, a quick little tidbit. And so with millennials, what we really try to do is to reach out in a very short blast type thing, something that keeps them engaged. And uh, when the rubber hits the road, they have a tendency to call. They don't want to be uh, burdened with a whole lot of stuff because Sometimes it's overwhelming, uh, but mm-hmm. you know we've had we've had things as simple as you know right before the election, you know, uh, sending a quick blurb out on you know how this may affect your pocket, and so okay. um, we just try to reach out to the millennials, uh, which is a very different. It's a very very different investment group. I, I do have to admit that, um, mm-hmm. but we do find by keeping them engaged via social media, via texting, via robocalls, which uh, actually work best, 
just a quick mm-hmm. blurb that that helps to keep them engaged. And when they're ready, they'll they'll step forward. And and you know sometimes a lot sooner than they probably would anticipate, uh, which is good. But when they're ready, uh, they will step forward and and uh, do what's what's necessary. Okay. Well, I noticed that okay. um, you know your book. You know the Divas Guide. I know that it was it was it seems to be targeted towards or marketed towards um, you know women specifically. Would you say that women are uh, in a lower percentage when it comes to you know investing and what we're investing in? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's tons and tons and tons of statistical data that supports women are less likely to engage the services of a financial planner. Uh, women are less likely, um, and this, this tide is changing, actually. So when I, when I speak of this, this guide is really bringing women to the forefront. Um, you know, women are less likely to do financial talk in the locker room, so to speak. And so mm-hmm. uh, things are changing with that but not by leaps and bounds, Um, simply because when we look at women today, women are, especially in the African-American community, women are the breadwinners in the household. Uh, Women are more educated than our male counterparts uh, at this time. Uh, Women are typically the, the, how should I say it, provider for the family, not just the breadwinners, but providers for the family. Family can be two, three, or four children. So um, women are being forced to go into a role that if we looked back 25, 30 years ago, that uh, women were not the ones uh, primarily who were uh, being the breadwinners, the ones who were paying the bills and, you know, taking care of everything. That was typically left up to the male of the household, mm-hmm. and the women just simply went along with, you know, whatever the the the, the spouse, the husband, pretty much dictated at that point. So it's it's right. we're making a good change. Um, it's just very slow in coming in the African American community. It's um it's a forced change and, and a struggle that's uh, a little bit different and unique. Um, there, but it's one that we've endured, and I, I think we're making good strides, and we're moving ahead with it for sure. Gonna work. I, I agree. As a woman, I don't invest like I would like to invest. I think mm-hmm. I, I haven't learned enough about investing um, mm-hmm. to be comfortable. So I think my risk tolerance is very low um, because I'm not. I will be going into a on going into an investment or something with very little knowledge, so that makes okay. me apprehensive about okay. investing. Right. I even thought of, I even thought about learning how to do stocks and you know learning more mm-hmm. about bonds. And it, mm-hmm. right now, it's on the table. I haven't you know taken the steps to go ahead and learn those things, but it's definitely on my mind because I'm 43 now. So retirement okay. is closer in my future than it is in my daughter. My daughter is 22, actually. And, okay. you know, with me being 43, going on 44, I can see retirement, you know, a lot sooner than I could when I was 35. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, let, let me give yeah. you a bit of encouragement here as it relates to retirement. 
and I can't remember which one of you all um, is the author, but if you think about retirement, try to redefine it as a young person, especially as a millennial. And what I mean by redefine retirement simply is this, okay? If, 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 if you love what you do, then it's mm-hmm. not considered work. And if sure. you love what you do, then there's no need in retiring because when we retire, that, that has uh, um, a sense of finality as a lot relate to as not doing, not being right. engaged. Okay. I want okay. I just want right. to retire. And so if we can learn to redefine that and redefine it by pursuing those things that we're passionate about, then we don't have to worry mm-hmm. about retiring because we're always going to be generating revenue based upon things we love to do. So no, that's true. The scenario, that yeah, the scenario for millennials um, as I speak with them and talk with them is really, you know, redefine your retirement. And and we cannot follow along with the traditional definitions of retirement or the traditional thoughts, oh, I'm 55 and I'm going to retire. Oh, I'm 65 and I'm going to retire. Retire and do what? Mm-hmm. What are you passionate about? What can you generate revenue about? Not everything you do has to be associated with generating revenue, but the reality of it is that most things we do in life have the potential to generate revenue. Right. Uh-huh. They they just they just do. Not saying a whole uh-huh. lot, but it's just the exchange that we have here in in the economy. It's just right. you know the exchange of goods and services, and so we can we can choose to volunteer some of those things, you know, if they're not detrimental to us. But for whole, if we redefine that retirement, then I think uh, that thought of retiring won't be so so intimidating for a lot of us as in we start to panic. Oh, I haven't saved enough right. money. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, that's because we've, we've rethought what retirement really is and what we want to do. You know, you you may retire from one job that you hated for the last 30 years to say, now this is what I'm going to do in my retirement. Right. And it may, it right. may generate you more than what you were doing on your other job. And that's how uh-huh. I'm looking at it. You know, I... I've been doing uh, the same type of work for, I mean, it's only been 10 years, but to me it's been 10 years too long. And mm-hmm. I would love to re- retire and, and just write, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But, like, for me it, it wouldn't be retiring. I just wouldn't be working a nine-to-five anymore. I, right. I feel like being passionate about, you know, writing and, and loving it, I, I feel like I would definitely generate more more books and more money generating that many books than I would doing this nine to five, doing something mm-hmm. that has me tired emotionally, mentally, and physically every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's very interesting. And, and, you know, the, this whole internet phenomenon that's here and the millennials embrace really opens up the whole world to what it is that you do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say the the person who can capitalize on social media and understand that, let's say, for example, um, and I'm saying this, and it's, it's, it's just kind of like one of those aha now, 
even with my book, Dollar Dramas and Dreams. What happens if we get that translated into a different language and sent it to a different part of the world at a different cost? We can do that now. Uh-huh. You I'm know, sure so, um, you know, it, it's it's something is better than nothing. You know, sometimes we have a lot right. of good ideas and we do a lot of good things, but if nobody knows about it, then what good is it? And right. so, um, you know, people can go from zero to a gazillion in little or no time because people like what you're doing. You know, they like what mm-hmm. you what you say. They like what you have. And, um, you know, I can use this recent election to say, you know, look at the millions of dollars these individuals collect, you know, dollar here, five dollars here, with no exchange of goods except a hope and a dream. I hope my candidate gets in. If my candidate gets in, we're going to do this, this, and this. And so we can do the same thing with our passion. We can do the same right. thing. Yeah, right, so. that makes a lot of sense. Because me and Dave mm-hmm. both, um, this is Ms. Reason speaking now, we, we both do, well, Dave's passion is writing, my passion is editing books, and um, I, I'm doing a little writing, but I'm not published or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. I'm a full-time editor. I work for myself. And so mm-hmm. I use the Internet as my main, um, how should I say, advertisement. Um, mm-hmm. The internet and and um, and other avenues to generate business, and so mm-hmm. I definitely know what you mean about how do you, to use the internet and the things that the millennials are using um, mm-hmm. as far as growing their businesses and stuff. So mm-hmm. I I definitely I'm looking at the way you define retirement. I'm definitely looking at it differently now because I love mm-hmm. what I do. I absolutely mm-hmm. love what I do, and I don't see me physically retiring, saying I've had enough of this because I actually love what I do. Okay, okay. And that's, you know, just referring back to the book, when we talk about the dreams, dollar dramas and dreams, that's mm-hmm. that's the component that really creates the wealth, the dreams. What are you passionate about? You know, what is it that you want to put your effort and your energy behind? And, you know, you really, you know, you got to dream and dream big, you know, shoot for the stars, mm-hmm. you know. If you right. fail the plan, then you plan on failing. So, you know, plan something out and, you know, shoot for the stars, dream big, and, you know, set set benchmarks for yourself. But as long as you're pursuing something that you love, it doesn't matter if you fail along the way. You just keep using that failure as a means to challenge yourself and grow. And, uh, right. you know, the, the, the life benchmarks are just very, very impe- imperative. And you can just kind of, you know, look at it along the way. You know, you're in your 40s. Should you be starting a business? Do you have some mm-hmm. real estate? You know, um, mm-hmm. how are your parents doing? Should you consider long-term care? I'm in my 20s. Do I have my Roth IRA set up? You know, am I saving right. 20%? Uh, things of that nature. You know, a lot of people say, well, how much money should I save? And, um, you know, we have a concept that we talk about in the book under dollars, the 100% rule. And I I tell people, uh, for myself being a Christian, uh, 10% of my earnings will come off the top automatically. That's just the way it is. I tell individuals, if you're not a Christian, put it back into the universe. 
you know, give it to the man right. standing on the corner. Just just give 10% back. Mm-hmm. Right. Something other than yourself. And then save 20% of everything you earn, everything you earn. I don't care if you're putting it in the shoebox. Save that 20% and then, you know, your standard of living should be based upon the 70% that, that's remaining. And I, I call that my golden rule, the 100% rule. And um, it's 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 fail proof. You, you, if you can mm-hmm. discipline yourself to stick to that that methodology, um, I can almost guarantee it um, that your quality of life uh, will improve. The routine of it, your behavior, financial behavior will will improve. And um, I just tell people it, it it takes a minute to to be able to be disciplined and and accomplish it, but once you do, mm-hmm. uh, there's no turning back. Ten twenty right. seventy, ten twenty seventy, and that's that's what I tell individuals. Ten twenty seventy. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, we are down to the last few minutes of the show. And do you have any advice you would like to give our listeners as far as their um, as far as financial planning? Okay. Well, one bit of advice I would I would give uh, to your listening audience is to start. Is to start. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to engage a financial professional at this time, you know, back in the day when I was a kid growing up, you know, a little piggy bank was a significant type thing. I don't care if you have to start with mm-hmm. the, the 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 milk bottle in the corner, you know, empty your pockets out and put that change away in there. You know, just start, right. start, start. Don't don't say I'm gonna start when I make more money or I'm gonna find another job. Just start, start with whatever comes out of your pocket at the end of the day, and just keep stacking it up. And then, um, you know, dare to be different. If you're if you're you grew up in a household where a financial planner wasn't utilized, it's it's not an expensive task. Most financial planners, your initial consultation is is free. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. dare to be different. Engage a financial planner. I, you know, encourage people. You know, if you if you want a free consultation without the intimidation of looking face to face, you know, you can hit us up on our website www.sdminvestments.com, and you can do a portfolio checkup. You can get a free consultation. You know, you can do a okay. chat with an advisor there, and just kind of get a feel for what it is that that you think you want to do and and you want to do. So, you know, take up, um, take those opportunities to engage yourself with a financial professional to, to, to see what it's all about. Right. Those those would be my two tidbits. Okay. Those are excellent tidbits. I think I'm going to have to take them on myself um, Mm -hmm. because like I said, I'm 43 and I have this show and I do editing and everything. And so I love everything that I do. Everything okay. is making me revenue, but the, the editing is making me revenue. Um, mm-hmm. Not as much as I would like it to, but it's, it's a start. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I would definitely invest or definitely try to get a free consultation with um, a financial planner um, mm-hmm. in the near future. Definitely. Okay. Right. I, I agree. I, I will, too. I mean, I do have um, – you know, like like just like Marie, you know, like we have things that we have just started, or or things that, you know, have have the, the uh, potential, to be you know revenue good revenue makers. We just we're just not investing 
the right amount of time and the right amount of our money into it. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, it's it's about w- what we're doing with our money and not necessarily how much we're making. Right. I, I definitely would, you know, will be in contact with you to get, um, you know, a financial portfolio checkup. And mm-hmm. um, I will be encouraging, you know, specifically the younger generation, the, the millennials. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. I think that if, if it's something that, you know, we instill in them or we, you know, put in, the, in out in, there in the universe for them to do, you know, we, we, we are able to change trends, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like right. specifically with women, you know, before we weren't entrepreneurs, we weren't business owners. And, you know, that was, that's changing dramatically. We weren't the most educated in the family and that has turned completely around, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. like she said, dare to be different, but, you know, not, don't just dare to be different, but make be different on purpose, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. So, Absolutely. but those those would be the tips. And like I uh, mentioned, uh, feel free to go to the website. Uh, I think we have a pretty strong technology base there uh, that's very appropriate uh-huh. for millennials and very appropriate for anybody who just says, "I want to see what this is all about." And uh, it's free. No, no. Uh, um, pressured sales can, tactics or anything behind it. Can you tell us uh-huh. your website? Like, can you can you say the website for our listeners? Oh, sure. They can visit us at www.s is in Sam, d is in David, m is in Michael, investments, I-N-V-E-S-T-M-E-N-T-S dot com, and you'll see a little icon that says portfolio checkup or free consultation tab on there and uh you can engage uh with an advisor uh right over the internet uh totally confidential and secure and uh uh-huh. it gives you a lot of accessibility to a lot of things so okay. i encourage can you, can you also tell uh-huh. uh our listeners where to reach you you know like are you said you're you're on social networks um, if you would like, you can give us your Facebook or, or Twitter, or, you know, just information on how to contact you. Yeah, you, we, we're, we're on uh, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, and you can reach us uh, at www.sdminvestments. Uh, that's our handle for Facebook also, SDM Investments, uh, there. And uh, you can Google Sharon Mallory, and that will take you to a, a lot of links. Um, Sharon Mallory on LinkedIn, uh, Sharon Mallory at sdminvestments.com, and uh, that will take you to a lot of different links there. So um, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, those two are the primary ones that I that 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 I interact with on that LinkedIn okay. uh, being primary, and then uh, Facebook. You can get a lot of information off of Facebook on our site too. So you can go to the okay. site and you can hit any of our icons down there, the Facebook or the LinkedIn, and it'll take you right to uh, some things that we'll have. So if you friend us on Facebook, you'll be sure to get some of the uh, information that we send out, articles or things that you need to just be aware of or a robocall uh, if you choose for us to, to contact you in that way or uh, text message uh, if you choose for us to contact you that way. Uh, just something to keep you engaged in the process of, you know, thinking about and managing your finances. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. It has been okay. such a pleasure to have you on the show. 
And like it really has. Has. we have definitely learned a lot. Okay. Right. Well, that's it's great. It's been very enlightening. We, we, we definitely appreciate you. And, um, you know, we will be promoting your Divas Guide to Financial okay. Stability, um, you know, on our social networks as well. Okay. okay. We appreciate oh. you taking the time to, to come and speak with us. Okay. All right. And congratulations to you, ladies. You'll see that job will turn around and it'll be uh, exactly what you're, you're looking for at this time. So um, look up to well, the sky you. with you. Okay? Thank you. All right, ladies. All right. Have a good evening. And, hey, have a great yes. Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. you too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.